He stretches the heavens like curtains before him. He formed every star and he calls them by name. He does not grow weary. His strength knows no end. The greatness of our God none can comprehend. Tell me who like unto our God oh who is like unto our God there's no one before him no one beside him there is no other no no one like him there is no power more great no one worthy of praise like our God, our God, His voice is like thunder, His word is forever, His love is unfailing and flows like a river, worthy of glory and honor and power and praise is our God. There is no one like our God, oh, there is no one like our God. And I walk through the fire, and He is beside me. I pass through the water, oh, and I do not fear. The Lord is my keeper my strength and my song he's mighty in battle he fights for his own tell me who is like unto our god who is like unto our god there's no one before him no one beside him there is no other, no, no one like Him. There is no power more great, no one worthy of praise like our God. Our God, His voice is like thunder, His word is forever. Love is unfailing, it flows like a river, worthy of glory and honor and power and praise is our God. Oh, there is no one like our God, no, there is no one like our God. Sound with his praise and all of creation declaring that there is none like him, no one like him, and the earth and the earth is filled with his glory, the heavens resound with his praise and all of creation. Declaring 
that there is none like him, no one like him, who is like unto our God, who is like unto our God, there's no one before, no one beside him, there is no other no, no one like Him. There is no power more great, no one worthy of praise like our God. Our God, His voice is like thunder, His word is forever, His love is unfailing, it flows like a river, worthy of glory. those words you're saying we don't have to just believe them we know them to be true name one other God that flooded the earth name one other God that in turn split the Red Sea split the Jordan River walked across on dry land different man same mantle turned around said where is the God of Elijah smoked the same water it parted again who's like that Who's like that? What kind of a God would come when doctors say she's only got three days to live? She might be brain dead. She might be this. She might be that. But yesterday, Sister Karen went home to be with her husband, her children, and enjoy the health and to be with them. Who's like unto our God? Amen. I read a post yesterday, Brother Ron Spencer, saying, we don't need your pity. We need you to worship with us and praise with us and thank the Lord with us for what he's doing. Who's like that? One person. My God. Your God. Amen. You got to put your own name there and say, that's, that's my God. That's my God you're talking about. The Buddhists, they got their God. They got their claims and this and that. But there's one God. No one can stand before him. Hallelujah. That any warm weapon formed against you, who's that? The people of that God cannot prosper. Amen. He's so good, isn't he? Amen. We even have tonight, brother, brother, I just received an update in the back there. Brother Len is in the Grey Nuns Hospital. And uh, he's just got some like, swelling in his legs, if I'm not mistaken, and things. But... I'll repeat it again. Who's like unto our God? I might not be able to get the story all straight, but I know that that's a lying vanity because the scripture said so. By his stripes, he is healed. You are healed. It's already done. Amen. Don't you just love the Lord? Amen. My goodness, sounds like you're ready for this weekend. This is great. Why am I here? Praise the Lord. It's so good to be in his house again, isn't it? So good to be here in his presence and just even from the prayer with 
In the back office, Brother Tito prayed with us, and my, the Lord is gracious, and he is here. You know, I, I the service I want to speak tonight, thank you, that's all the singing will do, and I want to title it, What Did You Expect? What did you expect? And we don't usually talk so much about expectation in the back office, but both Brother Tito, Brother John, they just start talking about expectation. And I got expectation tonight. And, I, and I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> you know, God knows what we need in the simplicity of it all, you know. Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. Amen. Amen. You know, I, was, I was getting worried. I thought maybe someone told everybody I was preaching because I was watching the seats tonight and there was still like 30 available and 25. Man, who told everybody I was preaching? Nobody wants to come now. Let the word out. That's just my own complex, but you know. <laughs> Should have told them that Max was preaching. Everyone else's seats would have been gone, you know, everybody. I want to be there. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 says it this way. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesarea Augusta that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when... Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed, with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that, they should, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, just to come into your house tonight with thanksgiving with praise we know the scripture says as you see the end time draw near as it approaches lord gather yourselves a more so together and father we don't want to just be about canceling every service but lord we want to gather together we want to be in your presence again lord we need another touch from you lord i'm so thankful to serve with brothers of like precious faith to come, Lord, and feel the faith, the pull of the people before we even begin to speak, Lord. Truly, you are here. Lord, even the words of the song as I've elaborated, who is like, who is like unto our God? Lord, that many different ones have claimed different things in psychology and all sorts of things, but there is a real God. A living God, one God that can claim an empty grave because you can go there today and there's nobody there because you died and you rose again on the third day and you're alive forevermore and it's not psychology that you're living in our hearts but you changed us from a sinner into a Christian, Lord Jesus. You took the old desires out 
And Lord, you healed over and over and over, proving yourself to be alive, proving yourself to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we just lay tonight the needs of Brother Len Hildebrandt at your feet. Lord, I pray you'd go to where he's at in the, ho in the hospital room, Lord, and just touch his body, Lord Jesus. We believe it's a finished work. I pray you'd increase his faith. Lord Jesus, to lay a hold on the healing you've already given him. The needs that are represented here in this body tonight. Father, we are truly a needy people. We need you to come and speak to our hearts. We need you to come and make us ready. We are fully expecting to hear from you, Lord. Not to hear from a man, Lord Jesus, but to know that you would come and speak to our hearts. Lord, that we could say like they did on the road to Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within us? That was not a fleshly feeling. That was not just something in the spirit. But Father, you reach down with the word of God into the souls of man. And you're still doing the same thing today. Father, I pray you'd increase our expectation tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, I ask your blessing on the word, the reading of it, also the hearing. In the name of the Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats if you would like. I mentioned the title would be, What Did You Expect? Perhaps it's past tense, but I want to even take it and, and, and act like we're fast-forwarding through time even to after this weekend. And I'll ask you the question now, as though the weekend was already passed, what did you expect? What did you expect? We know Brother Branham preaches a service many a times called Expectations. And he says in this message, he begins to talk and say, You get what you expect. What you expect is what you're going to receive. It's what you're going to get. And so I'm going to ask you tonight, what did you expect? Yeah. What did you expect? And I'm asking it past tense, almost rhetorical, because really the question ought to be, if I were to use it in the, in the right context of time, is what are you expecting? And perhaps that would make more sense in the English, but I want you to go and, and put yourself in a place and say, Lord, where do I really expect to be in a week from right now? When I'm sitting again here in these pews and there's hopefully a different brother up here preaching, what, will I, what do I expect to be like? Do I expect to be in the same condition I'm in now? Do I expect to have the same revelation I have now? Or do I expect to be closer to God? I'm here to tell you, you get what you expect. Lord willing, I don't want to take a lot of time tonight, but I want to just, uh, just get you ready maybe. We'll have, call it a, a pep rally. You with me? We'll have a little pep rally tonight. So what are you expecting from the game this weekend? What game? The game called I'm going to make it. And the rules are really simple. They're really simple rules. The rules are I cannot lose. That's it. Because <laughs> no weapon formed against me can prosper. I can't lose. There, there's no losers on this side of the game. Praise the Lord. It's a stacked. It's a stacked team. There's a fixed outcome. The Lord wins every battle. He wins every fight. He wins the end result. There's nobody sitting in the grandstand saying, I didn't see that coming. No, we all saw it coming. The Lord wins. All we had to do was flip over to Revelations and figure out what the end of the book says. Praise be to God. I'm sorry if it offends you for calling it a game. I don't mean it that way. But, but rather, I want you to think about it here tonight and understand we read the story of Mary when Mary was going down. He, she decided to go with 
um, uh, to go with Joseph down to the town of Bethlehem. And we find that they were great with child or she was great with child. We know this child was Emmanuel. It was Jesus. It was the Messiah. And he was ready to be born. That She was great with child and she was fully expecting to have this child. I want you to understand something about a woman who's come that far in expectation and she's felt the baby kick and she's felt the baby move and she knows there's life inside. She's not expecting just that she just gained a lot of weight for nothing. She's expecting there to be a baby born. She's expecting something to happen. She's fully expecting and she knows she's taking a trip. She's taking a hard journey, perhaps on the back of a mule where there's not, it's not very comfortable. Maybe the mule would stumble and it would fall or something and she would, oh, it would be jarred and everything and Joseph would be concerned and all of these things, but she was expecting. She was expecting to have a baby. She wasn't expecting to go there. She wasn't expecting so much to go there and find that there was no room in the inn. But her expectations didn't matter about that. Her expectations was, I'm going to have a baby no matter what. Somehow I'm going to have a baby and perhaps Joseph says, it's better for you here and I'll get someone to come and help and a midwife take care of you. She says, no, I'm going with you. We're going down together, not realizing he had to be born in Bethlehem. Not realizing the full time that her expectations were right in line with the word of God. Praise be to God. I want you to go over to Colossians chapter 1. We'll just drop the story there for a moment and come back to it. Try and move quickly because, as I said, I don't want to be long. Praise the Lord. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, To whom God would make known what is the mystery, what is the riches, Forgive me, I'm still trying to find Colossians. There it is. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Then he makes a statement, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now we take a lot of encouragement from this scripture, but I want you to to look at these words, that this word that is used in the translation is used the word hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this word hope is, it goes back to the Greek word el- elpis or elpes. And then this word actually means an expectation of good. An expectation actually of eternal salvation. Yeah. That there is such an expectation that it's not even just a hope, but there's an expectation that Christ in you is an expectation of glory. Not as just some far off, far fetched something, but it's I'm fully expecting for something to happen. If you look up the definition of expectation, it is an act of expecting or looking forward to a future event with at least some reason to believe the event will happen. Praise be to God, it's not just based on nothing, it's based on there's a reason that I know. So if it's Christ in you, then that gives you a reason. There's something in you that says, I know I'm fully expecting this to come to the purpose that it was was purposed for. And the definition goes on where it says expectation actually differs from hope. It actually differs from hope. Hope originates in desire. My, you could, I'm pretty sure right there. Hope originates in desire. 
Because there's three things, faith, hope, and charity. And faith originates in revelation. Hope originates in desire. And charity originates in God. Hallelujah. That's a snapshot for later. But it says that, that hope originates in desire, but expectation actually differs from it that way. Expectation is founded on some reason which, which render the event probable. Hope is directed to some good, but expectation could actually be directed to good or evil. Hope is always something that you're hoping for something good. You're hoping it will turn out right. You're hoping that it will happen. You're hoping that it will go beyond. But expectation can be both for good and evil. Expectation is something that you're expecting something to go wrong. It happens a lot in this world. You're expecting something to go wrong. You're expecting, I'm a plumber. I go into many jobs and different things. I often go in expecting something's going to happen. That's going to go wrong and I'm going to be here longer than I should be. Because I realize that's kind of just the way mechanical things are. You, you fix one thing and something else breaks, unfortunately. But that's just how it is. So you kind of expect that. That's an expectation. But then it can be turned around the other way now to expect the good. You don't expect evil of people. When you look at your children and parents, you look at your children, you don't expect them to do evil. You're not expecting them to come home and tell you some horrible story of something they did. You expect them to be good because the scripture says to raise them right, to teach them right. And then, and then if, you, and if you train them up in the way they should go, when they're older, they won't depart from it. And you want to do those things, so you expect them not to depart from it. You expect them to do what's right. You expect them to do good. You're expecting something that's good. It's not just a hoping. I, I hope he turns out all right. We got enough parents like that in the world. No, thank the Lord, not here. But we got enough parents like that in the world. You talk to them about their children. Well, I just hope it turns out right. I turned out okay, so I hope they do too. My, what a way to parent. No, I'm expecting them because I'm pouring my heart into it with everything I've got to make sure they turn out right, to make sure they turn out good. So I'm pouring myself into it for an expectation that it will pay off one day. Praise be to God. But hope is it's a separate entity of holding on for the good of something, hoping everything will rip out right, but expectation is wholly dependent on the individual's attitude. Yeah. Expectation is dependent upon you. You get what you expect. So it's dependent on you. Hope is something you're just, it's depending on everybody else around you. What's everybody else going to do? Because I hope everyone gets together. We all have a good time. No, but if you're expecting to have a good time, it doesn't matter if you've got to drive the good time, you're going to have a good time. Amen. Amen. Expectation. It's what you make out of it. Regardless of what anyone else does or gets from it, it's what you do about it. What do you expect? Praise be to God. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 62. Psalms chapter 62 and verse 5 says, My soul. Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. 
In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. If you put verse 5 back up there, Sister Ruth, we find, what is he talking about? Wait thou only upon God. My expectation, where does it come from? It doesn't come from my own desire. It comes from God. He says, let my expectation, let what I want to happen, let the good that I'm expecting, let it come from God. Let my desire be his desire. Let what I want to happen be what he wants to happen. Let me submit my own will to his will. Say, Lord, I'm expecting you to move according to your word. Because that's exactly what, what Mary was expecting. Her in the time, not knowing really what, if we, we make the statement of Judas, not knowing what a Judas was, she wasn't expecting to have a Judas. The angel came to her. So you'll be, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. You're going to have the Son of God. He'll be Emmanuel. He'll be Counselor. He'll be the Prince of Peace. He'll be the Mighty God. He'll be all these things. You'll call his name Jesus. This is a mighty thing that's going to happen. She was under expectation that that's what was going to happen. So it didn't matter to her where it happened or how it happened. This was what was going to happen. Praise be to God. Most mothers nowadays, I'm sure they wouldn't want to have children in a barn. We know that the things we know about sterilizing things, especially with what's going on nowadays, we know a lot about sterilizing. And what we know about germs and all these things, you know, we we wouldn't want to put our wives out there, brothers, and say, yeah, just go in the barn and have the child. No, no, we'd want to book everything just right. But to her, the barn didn't matter. Because she was under expectation that God was going to keep his word. Think about this, she was under expectation that this was the son of God. God wasn't going to let him die in childbirth. God wasn't going to let him die any other way than the way God had foreordained for him to sacrifice his life on a cross one day. And it wasn't going to be as an infant child. She was under expectation that God would fulfill his word. So it didn't matter. She said, yeah, let's make the trip. Let's go down to Bethlehem. If I got to have it on the side of the road, so be it. I know what that's like. It ain't a lot of fun. But she said, if that's going to happen, that's going to happen. We're, we're making the trip together because somehow this baby's going to come. We're going to have a baby and it's going to be Jesus. Let me say, the secular world was expecting a certain, a certain Messiah to come in a certain way. They were expecting it to happen. They had it all planned out. This is how the Messiah would come. This is how it would happen. We'd go into it. Maybe stairway down from heaven. Maybe he'd come and announce, I'm the one. And we'd have a great army and drive the Romans out and all these things. Because they picked up all those scriptures, you know. They got all those scriptures. got a rod in his hand and he'll rule this way and that way. It'll be great. We're going to go in and have a mighty time. They had an expectation of something. But they didn't get that because it wasn't according to the word of God. As David said, let my expectation be according to you, Lord. Let it be what God wants to happen. Not what I want to see happen in my interpretation of how this is going to be. But Lord, what do I expect? In the definition of, of an expectation, it is said that the same weakness of mind that indulges in, in absurd expectations produces petulance and disappointment. 
That's a lot of big words in there, but let's just talk about that for a moment. The same weakness of mind that indulges in absurd expectation. In other words, expecting something to happen in some absurd way because that's the way you envisioned it. When it's not based in any reason, because real expectation is based in a reason that it's going to happen that way. But they say that, 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 that a weak mind can indulge in absurd expectations. Oh my, you can get that all kinds of different things. You can get that in, in sisters looking for, looking for a husband. They got absurd expectations. That got quiet. You got men that are looking for a wife. They got absurd expectations. She's going to be the perfect size, the perfect length of hair. It's going to be the right color eyes, the right color, everything. And she's going to be the best believer, full of the Holy Ghost, and everything's size zero dress. Praise the Lord. She's going to be just gorgeous. You've got absurd expectations here. Maybe look for the Lord and what the rest of it can take care of itself. Amen. Thank you. I can, I can talk for the man. I, I'll let somebody else talk for the women, what they're looking for in a man. They've got some absurd expectations. He's going to be perfect. Never made a mistake. Right? Never done anything wrong. He's just perfect. Prince Charming comes sweep me off. They got absurd expectations. And that's based in a bunch of lies called Disney and other movies and other things like that. That they got love stories and books that give some sister or some man an absurd expectation of this is how it's going to be. It's going to be beautiful. My wedding's going to be perfect and nothing's ever going to go wrong. Praise be to God. Right, buddy? Yeah. But you know what happens out of that? It produces petulance and disappointment. In other words, it's not just disappointment, but petulance. Petulant is, is, a, is, a, is a disappointment that causes one to be saucy, sour-tempered, or even unto freakish passion. You see, that's, that's a lot of words in there, too. Yeah, it kind of sounds like someone that was so disappointed that Jesus didn't come the way they wanted that they crucified him on a cross. They were so disappointed because of their extravagant expectations that would go completely against the word of God. Didn't happen. That all of a sudden, what? It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. But, but, but then you start out saying you get what you expect. Yeah. It was Mary. It was John the Baptist. It was Joseph that were fully expecting God to do what? Fulfill his word. They weren't looking for some great 10,000 angels to come down, all these things. Brother Brown would pick up the story and he'd talk about Mary and Joseph. They would just begin talking and have you thought about this and they'd talk, spend time talking about the Lord. And oh my, you remember where, Jared, where Isaiah says, a virgin shall conceive. And they just began to fellowship on these things. What were they doing? They were expecting one day God's going to fulfill his word, not according to their interpretation because they're looking at it saying, I don't really know how this is all going to happen, but it's going to happen. I know that Jesus is going to do the exceeding abundant this weekend. I got no idea how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Because I'm expecting it to happen according to his word. Because when two or three gather together in his name, he's there in the midst of them. So when we get a whole lot more than two or three and we bring our little licks of fire together, something's bound to happen. That ain't based on extreme fantasy. That's based on the word of God. A reason to expect something to happen. He did. He did fulfill the word. Jesus did fulfill the word beyond the wildest imaginations of the religious leaders. 
They thought it would come in a way according to their own reasoning, but it came in such a simple way that a virgin conceived. They looked at that scripture over and over, and I'm sure they had it all figured out just exactly how it was going to happen, right? They had it figured out that it wasn't exactly just a virgin. Maybe it was a really good church or something. I don't know what all they figured out, but they figured something out. But when a virgin conceived, they said, no, no, that's, that's a bastard-born child. They couldn't quite grasp it. It blew their minds. They couldn't understand that he would be born in a stable. They couldn't understand that he'd be laid in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. They couldn't understand that he was raised in Egypt. He was raised in Nazareth. He was all these things that, because out of Egypt I've called my son. They didn't look at those scriptures and go, I don't get it. Because they weren't expecting God to simply fulfill his word. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit coming down in the form of a dove and remaining upon him. They weren't expecting that. But John was. John says, there's one here whose foot, shoes, strap, things I'm not even worthy to loose. I'm not even worthy to take his sandals off. I'm not worthy to do anything. I'm just preaching and making ready his way. That's all I got. I'm expecting him. And he got exactly what he expected. Hallelujah. Event after event in his life, fulfilling the word over and over and over. But because of some extreme expectation that they thought, oh no, it's going to happen the way I think it's going to happen. It led them to a deluded disappointment where they, where they just, oh, they couldn't stand it anymore. And gave way to their animal passions. Kill them. If you understand what that means. First Peter chapter 1. got to stop telling you I don't want to take a lot of time because I'm already over the time I want to take. Amen. First Peter chapter 1 verse 21 we read the scripture in Colossians Christ in you the hope of glory but here we find in verse 21 let's back it up to verse uh, 20. Sister Ruth thank you. It says who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you who by him, Jesus, do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Now this is actually the same word and in the word hope is, is, is the elpis or elpis that, that, that he says it's your faith and your expectation and I'm going to pull out one more Greek word if you can stay with me on this word. This Greek word for the word faith in this context is actually pistis, which is a conviction. It's not just I believe, but it's a conviction of the truth. It's a conviction of an expectation. Hallelujah. In what? In God. Not a, not a conviction, expectation of something that I conjured up that I've got some conspiracy theory of what all this means and what all COVID is and what it's going to bring about how all this is going to happen that doesn't mean anything but rather that I've got something in God a conviction in the truth of the word that I'm fully expecting that he will bring that to pass and that alone because heavens and earth will pass away but this will never fail Hallelujah, we can have all our own ideas, but that'll all fail, that'll all come to naught if it isn't based in the one reason. Yes. 
Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Go with me one more place to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Once again, it's in the same context. It's a conviction. A conviction because of the grace of God now that gives you something to rejoice about because there's an expectation that God will fulfill his glory in you. Praise be to God. If we were to go back to faith, hope, and charity, that hope originates in desire. Faith originates in revelation. Charity originates in God because God is love. And charity is love. These three things in an individual is he, the individual, having a revelation of the desire to go back to God from whence you came. That's the scripture, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ, the revelation by the word. In you, the hope, the desire, the expectation that he will one day manifest himself in you. In his, Hallelujah. What did you expect? I want to take a carnal example for a moment. I was listening to some some podcasts of some, some guys that were Navy SEALs and Green Berets and things, and they were talking about some of their training and different things and some leadership videos and whatnot, and they said, one thing that one man brought out, they would go to this place, they call it the Kill House. If you know what a Kill House is, that's a, that's a training facility where they would go and they would uh, basically train clearing a house. They'd go room to room and shoot the bad guys and allow the good guys to live and that sort of thing. And when he was in training, they would do it with paper targets and live ammunition. And he says his, his instructor, his drill sergeant, would always say to him, don't game it. In other words, don't do it like you're in a video game. This is real life. And he says the reason why he'd say that, at first he'd understand it, but he says when he realized what it was, he says because you will actually see what you expect to see. He says and in a video game, you can play something over and over and over and over again until you know what's in the next room. You know what's going to happen. He says, so they say, don't do that. Because it did, in the way they would do this training, it would change all the time. And he said it actually happened that, that he, he was so dialed in with his adrenaline running and everything going. And he went into a room and, and it was just a paper target, but he shot an innocent. That it was a, he said it was a piece of paper with a lady with a breadstick in her hand. And he just, he saw a gun, he shot. And, uh, and he said it was just training and things. But, but he said, I fully expected to see a bad guy in that room. So I just turned the corner and started shooting. I didn't even check. He said, I just, all I seen was bad guy. So I just started shooting. He said, you see what you expect to see. So here's guys that are taking this kind of training and they're even looking at it and saying, listen, you've got to go in. You've got to understand that you're going to see exactly what you expect to see. He says, in complacency kills and they go into it that way and they say that when you get into battle, that when you get in, you expect the enemy to act in a certain way. That's what you'll see even if he's not acting that way. Because you're fully expecting him to do that. Oh my. So now hope. Now we, we find that, 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 I need to bring this back around full circle so we can close. But, but now uh, hope, hope is believing. What hope is believing for 
Expectation brings faith on the scene to bring it to pass. So what you're hoping for, what the hope is, Christ in you, the hope of glory, becomes an expectation. And that expectation is what brings about the faith to say, I know, because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So in other words, there's an expectation in there that the things that are not seen will be seen. Just like uh, Abraham and Sarah when they were there. The, no one could tell them you're going to have a baby. But he said, I know I'm going to have a baby. You can, God, he said, God, this is a good time as any. As soon as he made the promise, it's as good a time as any. We're not getting any younger. But God said, you ain't old enough yet. He said, well, yeah, we're not getting any younger, but you ain't old enough yet. Well, finally, he's 99, and she's 90, and there, my, it looks impossible, but Abraham just looked at the promise of God. He said, but the promise of God says, I'm going to have a baby, so I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. Praise be to God, he was fully expecting, even before his wife was expecting. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like Mary, my, when she was down there on the road, she was expecting to have a baby. The circumstances didn't matter to her. What was around her didn't matter to her, so I'm here to ask you tonight, what are you expecting this weekend? What did you expect was going to happen? The circumstances are against us this weekend. We can't get the preachers up here live. Yeah. We can't. The borders would require them to come up here for two weeks and do nothing. When they go back home, two weeks and do nothing. We can't bring them up here like that. Brother Andrew, Brother Ron Spencer... We can't do those kinds of things. The world seems like it's against having the summer meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Satan's tried what he can to shut it down. In case you haven't heard, Brother Ron Spencer, he's, he's overcoming this little demon they call cancer. Yeah. So the devil's against him too. Yeah. And the devil's pushing with every way he's got to say, it ain't going to happen, it ain't going to happen. I'm here to tell you, it's happening. Why? Because there's an expectation in a people to say, God's going to meet us. Amen. God put an expectation in a Brother Maxwell to say, what's it going to be like when Brother Ron Spencer preaches for us this summer? He had an expectation. Hallelujah. Satan's done what he can do. You might think it sounds selfish to say it was all about the summer meetings. As far as I'm concerned, it was. I don't, I don't care about the rest of it. They can say it's about this and about that. No, I'm concerned that it's the devil's against the bride. And he knows what happened last year. He knows what happened the year before that. So he gets all his head haunches together and says, how can we stop this thing? But he forgot one thing, that there's an expectation in the bride. In Edmonton. That has an expectation of the glory of God to be revealed in their midst over and over and over and over again. Because it's Christ in you, the hope, the expectation of glory. So what did you expect? You got a decision to make right here and now. Are you going to just come this weekend and hope it all goes well? Hope it sweeps you up into some heavenly place. Hope that maybe you'll be seated in a heavenly place with Christ Jesus, having a wonderful time with everyone shouting around you, and we're going to have a great time in the Lord. Or are you going to come this weekend expecting? Say, I don't care what the person next to me is doing. I want to push this forward. I want to do what I can do. I want to receive what I can receive. Because you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. Praise be to God. Mary was able to put everything she had into it. 
She got the Son of God out of it. Hallelujah. And she pulled right into it, nine months pregnant on the back of a mule on a rocky road all the way down to Bethlehem, complete, uncomfortable, born to There she is laying in a stable thing, and I'm going to have a baby in this stable? Well, this is just how it's going to be. I'll put in whatever I have to put in because what's coming out of it is worth it. Hallelujah. So I say to you, the choice is yours. I want to close right now because I want to even go to prayer tonight, and I want you to pray. Earnestly in your heart, say, Lord, I'm expecting. We don't need so much because the brothers aren't going to be here preaching live with you, but we need to pray for us, the listener. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to receive. Help me to get everything else aside and to expect you to do the exceeding abundant. Fully expecting. What are you willing to put into it? Like Simeon and Anna. I want to just help you a little bit this weekend, the way the Lord moves. Simeon, the Lord just told him, starting Brother Brennan would take, pick it up in the message expectations, and he would say, just, the Lord just being to speak to Simeon and start walking. Simeon could argue, say, walk where? Where am I going? What's going on? What's happening? He was expecting one thing. I'm going to see the Messiah. There come the Holy Spirit said, start walking. Hallelujah. It might be all you hear this weekend. Start dancing, start shouting, start praising. Get on your feet, say amen, do something for the Lord. That might be all you hear and you might want to sit there and argue and say, but I don't want to, I don't feel like it. Nobody else is doing it, but you're only going to get out what you put into it. Hallelujah. And Simeon had one expectation. I will see the Lord's Christ. And he just started walking. Where am I going? Turn left. Lord, where are we going? Just be quiet, Simeon. I'm leading your walking, so start walking. Hallelujah. The Lord's talking. You're receiving, so start receiving. Hallelujah. Brother Brown says in the message, getting in the spirit, he says, now Jesus said, these things shall I do also, shall, shall I do, that I do shall you also. There we go. More than this shall you do before I go to my Father is a type of Christ and the church. Christ was taken up and the same spirit that was upon Christ came onto his church. Now where Christ could only be in one place ministering now in his church, he could be universal ministering all around the world. Just think about it. Tell you what, the devil created the internet for a reason. He wanted to trap some sons of God into seeing some things that would pull them away from God. This weekend I want to use it for a different reason. Are you with me? I'm expecting to use the devil's tool to punch him right in the face. Because I'm expecting to have God move when there's preaching going on in Virginia, there's preaching going on in other places. I'm expecting God to move in Edmonton because he's one God in a many-membered body. What he can do through one man in Christ, he can do through his bride. Hallelujah. Oh, all over the world, Philadelphia, ministering Christ, Africa, Japan, Asia, Europe, everywhere, the power of God. People are receiving the Holy Ghost by the dozens. This very minute, Brother Branham says, around the world, a double portion, his spirit poured out in the last days. That's what I'm expecting. Let the Holy Ghost sweep over us. Let me say, Lord, I receive. Lord, I want, I'm coming expecting to hear from you. Maybe if the musician, just the pianist would come, we could just sing a little song as we go before the Lord and say, Lord, sanctify.
Sanctify yourself. Get everything else aside. So these next few days, I don't want anything that would hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. I just want God in me. I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting him to have his way. I don't want to be concerned about what's happening Saturday afternoon or even concerned about Friday night. I want to be concerned about one thing. Lord, what can I get from you? What can you speak to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pour your spirit out on me. Pour your spirit out on Lord form. Saturate, Lord. Saturate my thirsty soul. Fall afresh on me, Lord. Fill my cup I seek you, help me find you. How I need your time. Find my dry, oh, find my dry and my broken places. Yes, Lord, thirsty for your love. I've wandered far away from you. You're all I've ever needed. You are all I've ever needed. Come and make me new. Well, let's stand to our feet, sing it with all our heart. Pour your spirit out on me. Just like the rain, saturate my thirsting soul. Come and fall afresh on me, fill my cup again, heal my heart, and make me whole. I Sing that once more together. Pour your spirit out on me. Fall just like the rain. Saturate my thirsty soul. Fall afresh on me.